Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about rhythms for building resilience so you can take charge of your mental, spiritual, and relational health. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Building a Resilient Life, How Adversity Awakens Strength, Hope, and Meaning. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's build resilience together. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. Happy fall. I mean, I it's know. September. It feels right. It does. We're getting some good weather. I hope you guys are doing great. I know it's been a few weeks since we've been together through this yeah. podcast, but yeah. we're excited about this new season, talking about resilient rhythms. Yes, and brand new season. kind of pulls it all together. It I really mean, does. Rhythms for life. How do you do the ones that make you resilient? And talking to people who've walked through some really difficult things yeah. that will help us better understand how we build this kind of resilience. Because we've learned that mental health is not a theory, it's a practice. And so this idea of rhythmic living really helps heal the brain. It helps keep anxiety and stress at bay, as I've talked about so much in the Rhythms book. But then this resilient promise that comes with these rhythms is what we're really going around and going after this fall. And so we've had just wonderful guests in store for you. We're so excited about it. But before we kick off with that, I'd just like to tell you guys that this week we launched an online Bible study with Building a Resilient Life, and it's totally free. You can just join and jump in right now. This is week one. It's five weeks of me teaching, uh, 20-minute videos for all five rhythms, name the pain, shift the narrative, embrace adversity, make meaning and endure together. So to take advantage of that, go to faithgateway.com slash study, and you can jump into that group. You can catch up and you can join in with everybody else who's going through this study all around the U.S. and the world. And it's a fun way to, as the fall begins, be in community with people and get in community around a conversation that we know is going to just help your life flourish even more. And then I also want to tell you next week, Rebecca's new Resilient Life Journal and Planner comes out. And this is one of those that's beautiful. We just mm-hmm. arrived. We've got it in our hands. I mean, it's beautifully designed. It's the kind of thing you'll put out on your nightstand. You'll put it out on your coffee table. You'll want to come back to it because it's literally meant to help you start to build into your life these resilient practices. Yeah. And we thought it would go perfectly with this fall series of resilient rhythms so that you would have this journal right in front of you and you can begin it right when you get it. It comes out September 19th. You can pre-order. And with that, you get a couple free things. And I love mentoring and coaching. It's my favorite thing. And so when you pre-order, um, we're going to do two different sessions. One is going to be all about taking inventory of your life in this new fall season. A lot of change from summer. I know for myself personally, for a lot of my friends, for some of you who have written in or commented, like we're in new seasons and we've got to examine what do we want to pick up and what do we want to lay down? What are we going to do intentionally that's different? And then Rebecca's doing a second coaching session on how to transition well at work and home. And so the idea is when you pre-order the journal, that's going to help you kind of have a guide throughout this fall. Rebecca's going to come alongside and really help you kick this off so that as you move through this coming season, you can be intentional around these areas that we know are so important to your lives and your relationships. And so you can go to RebeccaLyons.com slash journal, and you can take advantage of that, and you can pre-order that on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. And finally, one of our favorite things, our fourth annual Resilient Rhythms Retreat is going to be this fall in November, and it kicks off the holiday season. Franklin's fully decorated, you yeah, know, in awesome. advance um, for the holidays, and people come in from all around the country. We pick the people who mentor us, um, clinicians, people that you've heard. Dr. Kurt Thompson is joining us as well, Lori Loki, uh, Dr. Josh Axe. 
and Dr. Chip Dodd. And so it's just a stellar lineup that we have learned so much from, and we're so excited to share their wisdom with you. Yeah, so if you want to join us, go to RebeccaLyons.com slash retreat. Seats are selling really fast. We only have room for 120, so it caps out. And a lot of you have had interest in this because it's the only retreat we're doing this year. But we just want to encourage you, make this an intentional time for yourself, maybe for you and a spouse, or for you and a friend. It's always better to experience this with someone else that knows you just a little bit because it's someone that can process with you so many of the ideas and principles we'll talk about related to emotional health and physical health and relational health and spiritual health. So it's it's all about helping you get healthy, headed into the holidays, headed into a new year. And so we hope you'll join us there. Now, one of our guests that's going to be with us, we're also talking today with on this episode is Dr. Josh Axe. And, and Josh Axe has been with us twice before, and those have been some of our most popular episodes yeah. because we know that you're interested in understanding your body, your mind, the food connection, nutrition. How does all this play into us living healthy rhythms? We don't want this just to be about a way of thinking. We want it to be about a way of living. And Dr. Josh Axe is someone who cares about this. He's a doctor of chiropractic, certified doctor of natural medicine and clinical nutritionist with a passion to help people eat healthy and live a healthy lifestyle. He's the author of the book, Ancient Remedies. He founded the website, draxe.com, constantly helping people on social media better understand how their bodies function and what they should be eating. You're going to hear our conversation today about his personal story, and it's pretty dramatic what's taken place in his life in the last year of him trying to hold on to his health when he was met with an incredible setback. And then at the conclusion of this, we have a special interview with him where we're talking literally about health today. How do you eat well in such a way that's going to allow your body to have great immunity, allow your body to fend off disease and sickness, and live in a way that you feel healthy and have energy. And you'll be able to get that at RebeccaLyons.com slash health. But for now, let's listen in to our conversation with Dr. Josh Axe. Welcome back, Josh. We are so excited to be with you in the same room. I'm excited too, Rebecca. It's going to be great. Yeah, Josh, we have followed your journey for so many years. You've been such a help to Rebecca and I, to our family. I know to my personal health. You came in at a critical time five years ago when I was dealing with a gallstone issue, and you helped save my gallbladder, okay? (laughs) We'll leave it at that. It's a story for another day. But through health, nutrition, eating the right things, practicing the right mindset, you helped shift some things, and, and God used you in my life in that way. And so that brings me up to to this moment for you. You've been helping people for so many years. Your platform has done that. You've written books that have helped people. But you, a year ago, found yourself needing help. That's right. Tell us a little bit about what this journey has been like for you over the last year. Yeah, you know, it was really crazy because I'd spent uh, my entire career, as you said, teaching people natural medicine, how to heal, including my own mom. You know, I've told the story about how she overcame cancer naturally through some of the, the things I walked her through. And about a, 14 months ago, so a little over a year ago, I went for just something really simple. It was called stem cell uh, procedure with some PRP. So they take your own natural cells, concentrate them, re-inject them in your body, and it helps your body heal. And so I had injured my back, and it was about 90% better. I was in pretty good shape. I was swimming, deadlifting, cycling, running, and but I had this little nagging issue. Well, they went in, they did the injection around my disc, and um, it didn't feel better. And then, in fact, I just kept feeling worse and worse and worse for months, and I thought, well, maybe I pulled something, did something wrong. Well, finally, after, uh, after a few months, one morning I woke up and I couldn't walk. 
And then a few days later, I thought, well, I had just really threw my back out. And then finally, a few weeks later, I realized I need to go get an MRI. I had the ambulance come, brought me in to get an MRI. I'm living in Puerto Rico at the time. And they went in and on the MRI, it showed that I had a spinal infection. I had uh, they diagnosed with osteomyelitis in my bone. And that's where the infection gets in the bone, starts eating away at the bone. Met with an infectious disease specialist who said, hey, this is really serious and you could be permanently disabled. And, um, and so I, I, I realized, okay, I, I need to go and get more advanced treatments. I flew to Florida from Puerto Rico, started getting treatment there. And I did a combination of, of natural treatment and also did some conventional. And so typically they recommend about 12 weeks of antibiotics. I was able to do just four weeks. And then with that, I did everything you can imagine. Yeah. I was literally doing eight hours of therapy a day. I was in a hyperbaric oxygen uh, chamber for two hours a day, getting four hours of IVs, including ozone, silver, a lot of vitamins, only eating meat and vegetables, the only thing I ate. In the I mean, I was doing everything wow. you can yeah. imagine, red light therapy. And so, and, and finally, after a few weeks, I started noticing it was a little bit better. And then a little bit better, but it actually took me a while to heal. In fact, I didn't walk for ten months, and then in the wow. couple months wow. on a walker, so I really couldn't walk on my own for a full year. Wow! And you know, the hardest thing and talk about mindset. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I love your book and so much about what you teach, Rebecca. Too is is that for me, that one of the things I realized as I went through this. I mean, food is medicine, but mindset medicine was the most impactful thing for me because I had never felt emotions before. Like I'd never felt real depression mm. or anxiety or despair. Yeah. And despair was an interesting one because I, 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 when, when I had just maybe just a day or two total. And I really had to get my mindset straight and say, you know what? I, I can't go down this path. I can't live in this state of thinking about what if I never walk again? Because right. it had been so long. Right. An infectious disease a doctor, not everyone has a good bedside manner. And so, I mean, he was just very matter of fact. You may never, you know, have trouble walking in the future, you know, all, all kinds of things. And so I said, you know what? God is for me, not against me. He uses all things for my good. And so I really had to develop this mindset of, hope and grit and gratitude. Mm. And so I tried to live in that place as much as possible. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it was really, really, uh, it, it was the most important thing I did. I talked about, you know, the, the, uh, everything from conventional treatments to all the natural treatments I did, but I really believe that that mindset was the most important thing yeah. in helping me heal. And now I'm back walking, I'm working out. I mean, it, it, it is such a, a battle. And I know you guys understand this in different ways too, but you know, I had a two-year-old, my daughter's three now, but at two, you know, I was used to, I was throwing her up in the pool and right. playing with her and I couldn't hold her for a year. Wow. Um, you know, and I just tried to make the best of it. But I, I, uh, all that being said, you know, I'm, I'm doing good now. I've got, you know, restarted doing my own podcast and writing books and everything through the process. I want to say this too. So, you know, when I, um, I had somebody ask me, they said, hey, what have you been doing through this whole process? This is when I'd been in bed for like six months. And I said, well, um, I'm still doing everything I can do. I said, I'm running three businesses. I actually went back to uh, get a master's in, in leadership at Johns Hopkins University. I wrote a book. And he said, I would just be eating Cheetos and, <laughs> you know, and, and drinking Mountain Dew right. all day. Not Josh, yeah. and, but I'm like, you know what? We've got a big purpose. And I know you right. guys are wired the same way. It's like, and, and that, that, that is so important. I think I realize that purpose is more important than ever before. Yeah. That I know that I'm a child of God. He's called me to love yeah. God, love people, turn earth into a heavenly place. Right. And so just having that mindset and that purpose, I think, was key. Mm-hmm to me, not only healing, but also allowing myself to be refined through it. Because I tried to walk through it humbly as well and say, you know what? I want to be more compassionate. I just prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to be a... And I even told Chelsea, I said, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. 
And so even though there was a lot I couldn't do, I said, what could I do? So like, even as, even as a, uh, as a dad, like I couldn't go and run around with my daughter, but you know, she would crawl in bed with me and we would watch like Paw Patrol or, yeah, you know, right. veg, Veggie Tales or whatever it yeah. was. So just tried to be the make the best woman. I really feel that God was able to use it for good, refine me, yeah. help me grow through it. And so that's that's kind of been my past yeah. my past year or so. It reminds me of the root word of passion means to suffer. And mm. when we haven't suffered for a while, like sometimes things get a little, little more normalized. It gets kind of just you're a little less spectacular, but when you're actually landed on your back for a year, all of a sudden the goodness of God or his grace for the day or even like your even your view of your family and what yeah. you can do, just that gratitude in the middle of that suffering all of a sudden can ignite passion in a new way and a yes. new desire, a new hunger and thirst for more of God and His mercy and grace in the middle of that suffering. So I'd love to talk a little bit about some of the things you just described Um in the five rules of resilience in the book, the first one's name the pain. And that mm. for a lot of people is very hard if it's emotional, like you were just saying. Yeah. You're like, you know, that's not something that's been normal for you or easier for you to like name some emotional pain. But then all of a sudden you've got this physical pain, which could be causing emotional pain because it is so connected. Um, how did how did you navigate that when you first really heard, like you realize I'm not walking and then I might not walk? Were you um opening up to Chelsea along the way of like, this is like the hardest thing I've ever done? Or were you kind of like internalizing a lot of that? Or how did naming the pain play out for you um, in the beginning of that season? You know, I, I I was really open with Chelsea and I and I shared that. And so I'm not I'm not the sort of person to keep things in. I'm I'm fairly unfiltered and 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 so I um no I shared that with her and uh I've got such a, you know, having a great spouse is the greatest yes, gift ever, you know? Amen. And so yeah. I um, I shared with her, I, I said, you know what? And I told her, very similar to I told you, I've never felt these emotions before. And her response is, let's pray, you know? Yeah. And, and then and then let's uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. And so, you know, so I, I think for me, I also became very aware of some of my background of a lot of the science behind it because there's, there's the placebo effect and then there's the nocebo effect, which is placebo. I mean, it really is amazing when you go back and look at all the medical literature of if you believe you will heal, you will most likely heal or you will at least get the best results possible. Mm -hmm. And the nocebo is the opposite of that. Not a lot of people talk about this, but there are case studies that show there's one in particular where a man was diagnosed with liver cancer. They said, you have three months to live. He died three months later. They went and did the autopsy. He only had a small, benign tumor that could have been removed, no cancer anywhere else in his body, completely healthy. He should have lived another 30 years. And all that being said, one of the things I had to kind of uh, converse with myself about is realize, does it do me any good? Is it helpful for me to focus on the worst case scenario, to even think about it? Right. And so it was, it was this mental, yeah. I'll call it a mental battle, mental yeah. war, where my mind would sometimes go to, well, the doctor said this, or this happens, or what happened, you know, and you can search online for what happens if you have osteomyelitis or a spinal infection or everything sure. else. But I decided not yeah. to do that. It's good. And instead, I decided, are, who are the 1% of people that saw the most miraculous results? Yeah. Reading about those people, believing that same thing for myself. And so... Mm -hmm. That's what I did. Yeah, well, that's so much of shifting the narrative. Yeah, yeah, you shifted the narrative. That's rule number two in resilience is to just get the proper mindset. And I want to talk about those listening right now. In our world today, medical challenges seem to be more apparent, 
We're seeing more and more people having to deal with new diseases, sicknesses, challenges with their health that they hadn't dealt with before. And it feels like we're in this new environment where there's a lot of fear around the body, around Mm -hmm. what's happening and what's going to happen. Do I have have some injury or harm that is going to play out? And I do think people go search it. Yeah. They read all the worst case scenarios. It starts to play out in their mindset and they start to filter it through that. So speak a little bit more to people who right now that's their first go-to is to go Google it <laughs> instead yeah. of taking on maybe a different mindset about how the outcome could be different. Yeah. So we all love this proverb, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? And so what you focus on is most likely what's going to happen. And what happens, even neurologically, the body is really amazing. I, I just give an example practically for everybody. I was I d- recently did an episode of my podcast about smartphone addiction. Okay, and so and people are finding that you know sometimes all of a sudden they're holding their phone in the middle of a conversation with somebody or at work or when they're supposed to be doing something else, and they they're not even mentally aware of it. All of a sudden they're like, I have my phone at the dinner table. Or I'm here, and you know, so like our 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 it's called neuroplasticity. Your body starts actually reforming and creating new neural pathways and things so your body can heal, so your body can move forward. But if your body and you have a mental, and so much of it is a mental picture, when you have a picture in your mind of yourself still suffering with hypothyroidism or fibromyalgia or Lyme disease or anxiety or depression or whatever it is, if that's your mental picture, your body, in fact, will start moving towards that picture. Mm. Your body's very visual. In fact, uh, it's amazing when you look at and in a fetus in the womb, at first, it's it's eyes and brain are one. Yeah. And so what we see and what we visualize in our brains, our body just starts moving towards that. Versus if somebody sees themselves, like I, I'll give you an example of this with my mom. So my mom uh, at 40 had cancer, breast cancer, and then uh, did some traditional treatments. It came back stronger than ever before on her lungs 10 years later. And we decided to take a natural approach. Well, one of the things I had my mom do was I said, mom, you need to visualize yourself. What is your, what is your dream life look like 20 years from now in your seventies? Mm-hmm. And so she pictured herself. She's a big Disney fan. She's got like 30 mini mouse <laughs> t-shirts. And so my mom pictured herself bringing her grandkids to Disney world, running on, you know, going on walks on the beach with my dad, all those things. Yeah. And she's doing that now. Yeah. Like my mom's just turned 71 and she's, you know, she, she's doing all of that. And so you need to picture that for yourself, that ideal scenario, because your body, your neurological system will start moving towards making that a reality, whether you're conscious of it or not. So, so, you know, I read the medical literature and I realized that from that standpoint, but it's also very biblical in nature, yeah. you know, in terms of what, you know, what Whatsoever the Bible teaches. is good, lovely, true. Think on these things. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I love that. I, I've had that for my kids. And there's sometimes I think people who are listening that are like, I want to think that it's hard to project that when I have felt so beat down. But one thing I did is I asked God, I said, will you give me a picture of Kennedy in 10 years or Pierce in 10 mm. years or Kate in 10 years? And God is the author of life, right? He's a regenerative God. He's always doing something new. And so he gave me very clear pictures of all of my kids when I would ask, just like, and when I say picture, it's just more God, like, what do you see? And because he's the author of life and he and he gives good gifts to his children, he would just give me a visual of them like throwing a kid in the air or, or laughing or yeah. running around, you know, in their 20s or something like that. And that was something that I just held on to because it's just a it's a way to go, I don't maybe the things that I'm in right now feel really dark or scary or heavy. 
But there's something on the other side of this, this idea that death always precedes resurrection. Like there's Mm. something good on the other side of this. And if you can't come up with that, um, ask God to help you do that because he really is the one who, uh, he's the author and perfecter of your faith. Like he's going to grow your faith by giving you things that require um, something that you have to trust that you can't currently see. Yeah. And Josh, last time you were on our podcast, it was right when COVID was beginning. That's right. It was like February or March of... 2020. I, I, I got a lot of flack for that episode. Well, of course, we all did. Yeah. Because you were actually <laughs> communicating truths about the human body. I, I wish we could go back and listen, because all the stuff I got flack for, now everyone would have said, well, every single thing you said was right. Yeah, it, right, aged, right. Crazy. it aged yeah. well, and yeah. that's why we love you, and that's why we wanted to talk about it. Because even in that environment, it wasn't popular to speak anything that didn't align perfectly yeah. with the narrative that's that was right. being pressed on us. And so... I think the thing that you communicated then that still needs to be communicated today was how much fear plays a role in sickness and disease. And I feel like we're in a culture, we're starting to see more and more fear-mongering. It could be climate change. It could be the economy. It could be wildfires. It could be the air quality. You know, it's it's every week, every day, 10 times a day, there's some new emergency that's popped up, that's being pressed into people's minds and their hearts, and they're seeing visuals all over the world of things, and it starts to create fear. It feels like the enemy's moving in the space. Would you just describe a little bit more about what does that do to the body? What does it do to the mind? and, And why is it so important that we approach this very differently than how we see maybe our peers approaching this by being succumbed to that fear? Yeah, well, this is called the mind-body connection, right? So we know that our our, our mind affects our, our our physiology, and so uh, different emotions actually affect different organ systems in the body. So the emotion of fear, we know scientifically it affects the adrenal glands, and so because your body starts pumping out cortisol and stress hormones, so if that happens too much, you have too much fear. It really affects the adrenals, also your bladder. So think about if a child has a nightmare. They can wet the bed, mm-hmm. right? So we know that that emotion of fear affects the adrenals, the reproductive organs, and starts to create disease there if you have too much. Now, your body can handle some stress, right. a little bit of fear, short periods of time. That's okay. But if people live in this constant state of stress, right. it's only a matter of time before you start building up disease in that reproductive adrenal area. The emotion of worry, if somebody has a lot of worry, it affects the the upper digestive system. So we've all had. I remember when I was in school stomach. one time. Uh, upset yeah. stomach. Upset stomach. My stomach stomach's tied in knots. Uh, anger affects the liver, and if the liver gets too uh, too uh, too toxic, it then actually affects even the blood pressure starts going up. Or uh, nervousness or anxiety can cause your heart rate to elevate and even cause blood pressure to go up. And then the emotion of grief. That's where you're living in the past. Maybe you've had a trauma in the past. Could be emotional, could be physical. But if somebody is still living with something from the past and they just have not let it go, move forward, forgiven somebody, that affects the lungs and the colon, so the entire immune system. So we know through these medical studies that, uh, and throughout history, that different emotions affect our organ systems. And what we simply want to do is, and as, as you've talked about in your in, in your book and through your process. We want to go and create a new narrative, and we want to replace it with something, right? Right. And so if you're having a lot of fear, you want to build faith and hope, right? So what's the opposite of fear? You know, I, I believe it's 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 moving from uh, 
uh, you know, fear to faith or fear to hope, right? Yeah. And so thinking about not to, what's the worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario, or hey, if something bad does happen, how can it be used for good? Yeah. And so you want to do everything you can to flip that narrative. And part of that helps with um, going, where has this happened before in your life? Sometimes yes. we forget, uh, like, well, something was really hard a decade ago, but God showed up and he used his people and he gave me a new posture or a way to see it and believe it. And then he opened doors, even though the ones closed. And I think sometimes we forget to look back on the goodness of God and be reminded, mm. like, if he did it before, he he's very capable of doing that again. Yeah. And so we don't need to even fear the future that says, God, because I've heard it described, anxiety is a future, it's a belief in a future that God is not present. That's good, yeah. And so... Yes, you're going to worry about the future, but then God's going, wait, what about me? Are you acting as if I'm not going to be there? Um, He doesn't promise that we won't be tempted to fear, but he always promises a way of escape and that he will be right there with us to bear it. And that way you don't have to be afraid because when I had anxiety and panic, and I know we've talked about this a lot, and it was such... Uh, it was so frequent that it, there was this concern of like, is this now my reality? This was again 12, 13 years ago. But God just reminded me through his word, I don't give you a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. Rebecca. Rebecca, 2 Timothy 1, seven. I don't give you a spirit of fear. I give you power and love and a sound mind. Yeah. And that's like the King James, the sound mind version. I was like, okay, that's even feels more protected even than self-discipline, which is in NIV. Like it's, it just helped me go, a sound mind can trust God, that's good. right? That he's going to be there, that he's going to carry me. He's going to walk through. He's going to go before me. Um, And I think so much of our mindset grows in a positive direction when we've seen him move, show up on really hard days. And then he's given us a testimony, which you now have even in the story of this last year. Because I'm sure, yeah, there were dark moments. But now all of a sudden there's some this purpose, this pain has become purpose. Talk about like how that's shaped, you know, the meaning that comes from the suffering. Well, one of the things I realized through this whole process is I've been teaching people how to use food as medicine for almost 20 years. And uh, the thing I realized coming through this is mindset medicine or our our spiritual or mental state is even more important. Mm. And so that that was a that was a very very big lesson for me, and it made me also want to say I want to I want to teach people this because it is just is is just so important. Um, you know, I I really feel like through this whole process that I have. Uh, yeah, I want to say this too. I think this is important for a lot of people. I had a I was talking to a pastor, and this is in the middle of COVID, and we were having a conversation, and he said, you know what, I'm so grateful that I get to live in a time where I get to act as a leader. He kind of brought up, he said, you know, if Abraham Lincoln um, wasn't around during the Civil War, would he be known as the greatest president and been able to serve people? Not that a bad situation or crisis is a good thing, but, you know, this is when we get to use our gifts and talents that God's given us to the greatest degree to impact people, you know? So I think that if we can renew our mindset, I think my mindset has renewed to this of, hey, when I have pain and suffering, or or when I've gone through, you know, just thinking back, I definitely am more compassionate now. I'll say that as well, too. If anybody has anything, uh, you know, going on, health issue or anything else related to that, it's very much my heart goes out to them. I want to rush to help them. And so I think I've definitely grown in that that as well. But I'd say that one of the other things was I think I just really grew in wisdom in terms of my priorities. I told Chelsea this. Um, when I was in the middle of this before, right before I had started seeing any improvement, I was at the worst. I literally couldn't even roll over in bed. I mean, the pain was so just terrible. And um, I said, you know what? Like, I don't, 
you know, we, we've been blessed financially. We've been blessed with a lot of things. And I just said, I, I don't, I don't care about any of those things now, or if they all just went away. I said, if I have you and Arwen and we're in our small little, you know, just uh place where we're in Franklin right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, here, then like, I'm happy, you know? Yeah. So I think it really allowed me to more than anything reprioritize and say, God and family, yeah. I'm here to serve my family. I'm here to love, you know, and that, that was, uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that was big. That had to be, I mean, the moment when this started to happen, because I, I would say I looked at you as somebody that was probably invincible, like you're eating the right things, yeah. working out, yeah. you'd been doing it for so many years. I'm, I'm guessing you had that sense, like I'm doing all the right things, like I'm pretty much going to be fine. Yeah. And I remember even when we were talking about COVID, you were like, if I get COVID, I'm not worried about it. I'm, yeah. I'm healthy. Like I know my body, my yeah. immune system will produce. So what was that like for you to to then experience this adversity to where you're like, man, this is the area I've worked on my whole life, and now yeah. I'm I don't know what to do. Well, you you, you know what was so uh, interesting? I went and looked up how how often something like this happens. I'm like, with what I had, it's literally like one in a million. I mean, wow. it was that random of a thing to happen in that area. Yeah. Uh, wow. With with what I had, and so you know, for, for for a moment, you know, I I started to have this victim mentality for a few minutes, but I know better. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not a victim here. I'm a victor. I'm an overcomer. And I, I, and I'm I think it's important for you to say that because so many people feel like, I mean, you, you felt it. You felt that moment. Like I'm, I might yeah. be a victim here. I'm now you, you turned it, but yeah. you, it, that's so it, normal for all of us. It, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that the thing, the thing I had to keep asking myself is, will this serve me and will it serve God? Hmm. Like of my mindset of feeling like I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a victim here. Not to say that if somebody's been a victim of something, there shouldn't be a time of mourning, right? And and feeling like oh, this is just you know this shouldn't have happened, right? right. There, I think there's a sense of kind of almost grieving mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. That, that's healthy that we should have. Yeah. But 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 after a period of a few days, I had to say to myself, you know what? Like I'm a victor, and I'm going to use this for good. I'm going to use it to serve God. I'm going to use it to serve my family. I'm going to use it to grow. And I think that's the mindset we want to have as much as possible. And so, yeah, and, and it was hard because, again, I, I've spent my whole career telling people, here's how to heal. And after months and months, I was doing everything I could already. Right. And I just wasn't healing. And I remember once, like, I, I just told Chelsea, I'm like, I am doing everything. And and that was the time. I had one time, I just broke down in tears, yeah. and this was months in, and I'm just like, I just, yeah. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Well, that's where despair comes in, right? Yeah. You right. just, right. you can't imagine a way out. That's right. Well, and I also think there's something really beautiful about that moment because it really is surrender. Like when you've done everything you possibly know to do and it seems to not be working, then clearly the Lord is like, there's just kind of this sense of like, God, you are the healer, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, Elroy, the God who sees you are, you're in charge, you know what's going on. And there's almost this um, posture of open-handedness that begins. And I know for me in certain seasons where I'm like, are you going to lift this? How much longer? Why does this always feel like this? But when I finally am like letting go of like my control of trying to fix it, it's like the Lord at that moment starts to turn things. And it's so... It is his kindness because you're so highly capable um, to actually like lean and go, I've got this for you. I'm going to guide you. And knowing that as his children, like we're going to have vulnerable, like your kids, like our kids will, right? There's moments where we feel helpless and we're like, I need you. I need you to kind of like do this and show me. And I I love the rescue of God in those ways. That's really how my healing journey began with panic disorder. I was like, 
I, I can't do this without you. Like, there's no part of me that knows, like, how to rescue myself. I mean, I want to put the practices in place and the principles in place, but you are ultimately our healer. And so that was, like, such a faith journey for me to then go, okay, God, now I can have more confidence in this and I can shift my gaze back to you and um, trust you knowing that that there's a bigger story. And I love what you just shared about your perspective of family and home and what matters. I think COVID did that for a lot of us when yeah. everything kind of came to, like, what do we really want in life? Yes. You know, like we think we want these things that look like success to the world, but maybe our soul inside is a little ache. There's an ache. And and God's going like, what you really want is me and present, like be fully present with your the people that you love and and just go after the things that are eternal. Like yeah. we don't take any of our stuff with us. Yeah, right. But it's his people that the immortals, right? Those are the ones that are eternal, like loving people well, loving your family well, yeah. giving back. I'm so grateful for that. And just the way that you um, are sharing this vulnerable side because I I know for some people it's like well he, jo- that's Josh right but how does that relate to me who might feel a little more like I don't know how to do that or I want to do that um, so thank you for inviting us into that um, I would love to just talk a little bit about the endure together um, the last rule of resilience because. You talk a lot about you and Chelsea and yeah. your relationship and how much she was a she's a force yeah, as well. Is. I mean, you guys she met is. your match when you married each yeah, other. I yeah. love it. Um, and how she would just go like, "Let's go back to the Lord. Let's go yeah. back to the Lord." Like, what were some of the gifts that that she gave you in that season? What did that look like for you guys? Mm. Um, well, my wife's just an encourager, and she just brings everything back to the Lord. So I think very, you know, but but both of us are very. Um, very, very, very strong will. We're, we're very hopeful people. Yeah. And I think one of the things she encouraged me with is to um, just praise God through the storm, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think as much as possible, we were always playing praise and worship music. I mean, every morning, uh, you know, for an hour or two, I just, you know, was spending time just in praise. And so I think that's one of the things, like I have a, uh, Chelsea is very deep and she, you know, I, I tend to be more uh, with God. It's sort of this, um, uh, I ask for more than I probably praise mm. and she's like 99 to one percent like yeah. all praise and like almost never ask or, or like makes any requests or a- wow. anything and so it's um you know I so I, I think I think that that was a very um mm. yeah she's just I would just say she's an encourager through 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 all of this mm. um was probably the biggest thing and she just has a lot of wisdom too I think um and I just would encourage everybody with this if you have a time a, a, a difficult season, don't waste it. I think that hmm. it's easy to waste the season. And, and what I mean by that is if you go through the season and you're grumbling and complaining and you have everyone around you who you're essentially just dumping on, like you're you're adding to everyone else's troubles versus I became very conscious of, I have a two-year-old and now a three-year-old and um, and that she's watching me right now. Hmm. And so, you know, how are you feeling today, daddy? I'm getting better every day. You know, God is my healer. Yeah, you know, and so very, very yeah. conscious of my language and how I was impacting Arwen mm. and Chelsea and those around me. And so I, I really, because I, I, I have an amazing community of friends. You know, I've, you know, you guys are amazing. I've had so many other just great people in my life who uh, were praying for me. And so I tried to really combine. I wanted to be vulnerable and not act like everything was perfect. Right. Yeah. Also represent where my mindset was. And so, for instance, I think if somebody asks, if if somebody you know watching this has 
some area of pain and suffering, I think you should be vulnerable and let people know, you know what? I'm going through a challenging season right now, mm-hmm. but God is good and he uses all things for good. And I know that I'm going to get through this, right? So I think it's that yeah. mindset of yeah. like this vulnerability plus we have a hope in the future. We got a God that's bigger than any problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I really tried to cultivate and, and just represent and try and lead people, right, yeah. through, 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 through the season. Yeah. Well, you've been such an encouragement to us. I know everybody listening appreciates just hearing your story, catching up on just the journey you've been through. A lot of people have been through a lot of challenges these last few years. Yeah. And so to, re- to relate to someone who's walked through it, who had a lot of things figured out, but still has had to deal with adversity, but has created that mindset. Yeah. I know it's such an encouragement. And for everybody listening, we're going to go offline and give you an opportunity to hear Josh, Rebecca, and I talk about health. And so if you go to RebeccaLines.com slash health, you're going to hear the continued conversation we're having about the kind of food you should be eating, the ways in which you might deal with any challenges you're dealing with medically, whether it's long COVID or injuries that maybe you've suffered. And we're going to get into that conversation there. But Josh, uh, in closing for this podcast, where would you send people who want to follow you, who want to see your work? Yeah, so uh, I've got a new podcast out, and we've got some great guests coming up. You guys are coming on. We have Carrie Underwood, Dave Ramsey, Tim Tebow, just a great group of just incredible people. And so you can go to YouTube and just search Dr. Josh Axe on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify and check out the new podcast. I think it's awesome. And then uh, any social media channel, just search Dr. Josh Axe. You'll find me on there. Uh, as well, and I'm excited to for the health segment next because I want to talk about actually a new study just came out that's pretty incredible on the connection between our gut and brain. So mental health issues, yep. the gut mindset, um, hormone balance, a lot of stuff. So, yeah, so, so let's go to RebeccaLines.com/health to hear that conversation. But thank you for being with us, and we'll look forward to continuing this series talking all about resilience. I hope you will go to RebeccaLines.com slash health. Our conversation continued and it's full of list of things to be eating, ways in which we can be um, creating our meals, thinking about nutrition, incorporating into our lifestyle. I think you and all of your friends will appreciate learning that by going to RebeccaLines.com slash health. And if you just want more time with Josh and you have a lot of questions, he's going to be at our retreat in November. We will make time for Q&A with Josh. We've done this before and he gets a lot of questions. So just jump in, um, bring a friend, learn together, take it back home with you and put these practices in place because they will give you that resilient rhythm that brings the healing. And you can take advantage of that at RebeccaLines.com slash retreat. And also just a reminder, Rebecca's Resilient Life Journal and Planner comes out next week. Take advantage of those two free coaching sessions with Rebecca at RebeccaLines.com slash RL Journal. And we hope you have a great week and look forward to continuing the learning and the conversations this season.